And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you all doing? We are now in the thick of it of January, and we are in momentum and movement. The energies have been very interesting. I have felt them to be very different with like a new spin on some consistent older events. And what I mean by that is there's a lot that has changed. There is a lot that hasn't changed, but the perspective and the outlook is very different. And I find that to be a really exciting thing. And within that, one of the things that I've really noticed from a lot of people is this deeper desire to connect into their spirit guides, connect into that guidance piece, because a lot of people seem to be really ready to be moving forward, but they want that greater link for the guidance. What does it look like? What does it feel like to have my spirit guides around And how do I notice this? And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. And it was actually Spirit that brought this topic to to me earlier. And they said, can you explain what we can look like? So people can start to recognize that if they're missing some of the cues. So we're going to dive into that. What does a Spirit Guide look like? How can they show up? And so on. So let's jump in. So Spirit Guides, first of all, can come in so many different shapes and forms in terms of where they're from. So for example, you could have spirit guides that are very angelic in form. You could have spirit guides that look very, very human. You could also have spirit guides that are from another planet, another dimension. And you can also have animal-based spirit guides as well. So I mean, if I look at my spirit guide council, my council is made up of many different kinds of beings. I have two of them that look like they're kind of half angel, half fairy. I have two that look very human, but they're connected to very ancient past. I have one that looks like a Merlin, right? Like the ancient lore of the wizards, very wizard-like. I have another one who is very ET-based, very much that kind of traditional ET face, elongated head, uh, very tall though, does wear clothing, but very ET based. And I also have another one who looks like a mantis. And I know for some people it's like, what? A mantis? But yeah, a mantis being. And she's so sweet, so kind, so beautiful. Uh, But she is a mantis being. And so I say that because our spirit guides can have so many different ways in which they look, but also ways in which they appear. Now, when I tune in to connect with my council, I will see them as they are, like I just explained. But when they show up to come talk to me, they don't always show up as they are when I meet with my counsel. And what I mean by that is oftentimes my spirit guides will show up like an orb, an orb of light. Sometimes it looks just like a pinprick of a 
like stars in the sky and I'll see those moving around, but then I will also be given a feeling of which one it is. Other times they can show up like, um, like an orb of light. So more so like a bubble, like, you know, when you blow bubbles, uh, soap bubbles, and they kind of like glisten in, in the air as they move through, they can look like that. And they can look like the size of like a softball and they'll show up and they'll communicate with me, but they, that's how they will look. Other times I've had my guides show up in a way that I can only see them kind of from the torso up where some people would say it's like a floating torso, but it's not. It just, the bottom kind of dissipates into nothingness and they're just showing me enough to get my attention maybe, or to clearly describe something. If I'm not getting it enough, they'll bring in more energy to show me who they are. Now, the reason for that is When our spirit guides come forward, they will usually try and take the least amount of energy to make their presence known. And that is in a way just kind of common sense because they're coming from a much higher frequency than what we live in. We live in typically a 3D frequency. I mean, some of us are up there in 5D already. Some are probably higher as well. But our spirit guides are usually coming from a much higher frequency And what they have to do is they have to lower their frequential nature. So the speed at which they vibrate in order to make themselves manifested in our world for us to see them, sometimes also hear them, right? If they just stay in their own frequency, we won't see them because it's too fast. So when they lower their frequency, some of them know how to hold it for a long time. And that's when you can get a greater apparition of sorts. Others don't know how to do that. And so you may have spirit guides that you can feel them there all the time, but you never see them. Now, the other reason for that too, though, is sometimes you may not be able to see them or interact with them as well because your frequency isn't rising up to see them more. So this is where we can do something about it. So when I say raising your frequency to see them, it means increasing the vibratory rate of your energy. And if you think about it, If spirit is lowering their energy and you are raising your energy, the two of you are going to meet in the middle and find that link. And it's when you make that link is when you can get that clear communication. So that's why when I say that sometimes I see my guides more fully, sometimes I don't, it depends on where my energy is at and also what the message is. So if I go into a meditation and I really increase my energy big time and I like sink really deep into it. I can have very clear communications with them and see detailed imagery about them. There's other times though, where I am, you know, busy running around in my day and maybe I'm missing something they're trying to bring through. And then they will make an apparition to me to catch my attention. The apparition usually won't last that long, but then they'll communicate with me after and fill in the blanks. So How do you raise your frequency, right? How do you raise your frequency to be able to connect in with your guides? It's all about basically shedding layers of things that are holding you down or busying you because naturally we actually do want to go up in frequency and it's a lot of the struggle, strife, worries and such that keeps our energy lower on this planet. So one of the things to do is if you can tune into a meditation of some sort, Um, And I'll just give the example of like a seated meditation, but you could adapt this to different things that you're doing. But if you're in a seated meditation and you close your eyes and you let your consciousness kind of sink into your body, 
And for those of you that are able to right now, I would suggest just try it. Like join me right now. If you're able, if you're not driving, close your eyes, take a couple of breaths to just calm your human body. And as you calm your human body and you take those couple of breaths, feel yourself sinking into your body, kind of sinking into your heart space. And as you continue breathing at a gentle pace and rate that feels okay for you, you sink deeper into that heart space where you kind of reach this point of nothingness. And if thoughts or things arise, grocery lists, you name it, if they come in, that's okay. Give them a little space. Maybe you stop for a moment and you jot something down and then you get right back to that neutral space is what I call it. And when you sit in that neutral space and you allow your body to relax, take in all the sounds of your environment. So maybe there's, you know, some pipes clicking or making noises in your walls, or maybe you have a neighbor with some music on, or your cat is purring. Just take in the sounds and notice, notice them, but then also give your mind the ease of knowing that those sounds will not distract you from the journey you're going to go on. And so as you take in your environment, then also take in like the clothing you're wearing, how it feels, adjusting how you're sitting. Are you more comfortable if you're cross-legged or maybe you need some pillows behind your back? And just allowing yourself all the comforts you need to further relax. And then as you keep breathing and you relax deeper, you notice that your body starts to kind of just go into this feeling of, um, some people describe it kind of like mushiness or the limitation of where your body begins and ends starts to blur. And it's at that point that you can then raise your soul consciousness out from your heart space and feel yourself expanding higher and or bigger. So you may visualize your, your spirit self expanding to, you know, maybe five, six feet, or maybe it expands to the size of your room, or maybe your soul expands to the size of your house. Maybe it's the size of your city, your state or province, your country. Some people expand to the size of the planet. But what happens is in that expansion, you're raising your frequency Some people also feel themselves rising up out of their body and expanding into universal consciousness. And it's at that rate that you set the intention of moving into, at minimum, 5D consciousness. And in that 5D consciousness, that frequency of 5D consciousness, and you just simply, you feel it. You set the intention to be in 5D consciousness. You allow your body to rise up to that. And in that state of 5D consciousness, you notice what is around you. What do you visualize? What do you feel? And it can be anything. You may visualize tall grasses at the edge of this sort of ocean scene and warm sand, sunset. Like maybe that's where you see yourself. Other people might just simply experience themselves expanded into the cosmos. Some might see themselves on a mountaintop. I know that's where I often see myself as a mountaintop, cliff top. There's a fire burning in the middle and there's seats. And that's where my council meets. 
And it's at this point that you start to invite in your spirit guides, whoever they are. You invite them in and ask them to join you and then start to notice what you notice. And it's at this point where you may visually see something very clearly in your mind's eye, or it may take time to kind of develop. You may just at first feel like there is maybe five or six different beings with you. Or maybe you notice different orbs and there are different colors surrounding you. Or maybe you can just see up to their knees or it's a blur, but there's an image of a person sitting there. Again, you take in whatever you're noticing and you acknowledge it. And what I'll do is I'll say, I see you sitting there across from me. I can see your uh, brown pants and your red shoes, and I can get this masculine sense from you. I'll describe to my guide what I'm getting. And it's like, at that point, they get to then help fill in any blanks if they want. Or again, that develops over time. And so I've had some guides in the beginning, I only could see them as an orb. And then over time, I began to be able to see them more embodied. And then I got to see more detail. And then I could eventually see their face and then I could hear their voice. Some of them took time. Some of them, I saw them right away. Other guides sometimes may only stay as an orb. So you could be sitting, say, on that mountaintop with your council and several of them you can see, but there's a couple that just stay like an orb or just a shadowed presence. And that's okay too. Spirit guides show up in so many different ways. And you may notice that when you connect with various ones, there is one main speaker. Um, We often tend to have one main lifetime guide, and that guide will be the one that often is the voice for the rest of the council. However, that can also change depending on what you're going through in your life. So say you are wanting to go to medical school. You've known about this one spirit guide you had, but then you get into medical school and you notice the spirit that seems to be connecting with you more seems different. And when you tune in, they're actually more like a teacher guide and they may have been a doctor in their lifetime and they're wanting to bring through guidance uh, more often than not right now because of the phase of the journey that you're on. So our spirit guides can change who is kind of front and center depending on what's going on in your life. But they're all always available to us. And one thing I really want to stress is they all always hear you. Now, there are sometimes, though, with our spirit guides, you know, say we can see them, um, but they're not communicating back. Other times, we may come back to the same, say, mountaintop, beach scene, wherever that sacred space is, and we show up and no one's there. We're like, what? Where are you? This used to work for me. It doesn't work for me anymore. There are times where, although spirit will always hear you, I really want to say that, they will always hear you. There are times in our life, though, where there are certain lessons that are so valuable for us to experience by ourselves. So for us to have that experience of not being carried through by our spirit guides, like we need to make the choices in this because they are either karmic in nature and we're, um, in a sense, being tested, are we moving beyond it? Or maybe these are significant wisdom points that we need to learn by going through without specific guidance. Those are times where sometimes we may feel like we're showing up and there's no one there. But what I can tell you from experience, and I've had many of these experiences before where I'm like, where are you guys? I'm trying to talk to you and you're not showing up. They're there, but they're helping me learn a very valuable lesson for whatever it is. 
Now, what's really interesting is any time that I've been in that situation where I feel like spirit's not there, once something transpires in retrospect, I always understand why they've done what they've done. And so that's one thing to kind of hang on to is if there are times in your life where you feel like you used to have a really tight connection with spirit and now maybe they're not as close. If you don't understand why that is at that point, retrospect will bring it into clarity at some point. You are most likely in a period of a journey right now of deep learning that is really dependent on what you choose to do. So something to remember to kind of take that edge off because at no time are we ever truly separated. Separation from source, from our spirit guides, from past loved ones is a very human thing to feel that separation. And it makes sense, right? We live in a denser reality of tangible physical things. And when those tangible physical things aren't there, we feel separate from it. That's very fair. But when we're connecting into realms that it's different than that, we need to try and remember in those moments that we aren't being left alone and we are not abandoned or lost. We are moving through something that requires our soul attention and focus. So something to consider. Now, another thing I want to say with spirit guides too is oftentimes people will think that they have to just simply do whatever their spirit guides say. In reality, spirit guides love the communication and the banter back and forth. And that's one thing that I've really learned in my journey too, is how much they really love and appreciate the conversation. And in any good conversation, it is two parts coming together from their perspective and sharing ideas. And so I say that because not only do your guides want to share information with you through number patterns, symbolisms, uh, maybe direct messages, maybe you do inspired writing or automatic writing where you journal what you feel is coming through, maybe you see it in meditations, all of that. They also want to know what you think. They want to know what you feel, what your experience is like. If there are things that you disagree with that maybe they're doing or not doing, they want to know about that because there is value in them knowing. There is a value of them understanding the human perspective of your experience as well because they are removed from that human experience. And I can say this because I remember, and I think I've talked about this before, but I remember when I had my near-death experience, I remember the feeling of my perspective of life from that, that angle, from the spirit side. And it is all loving of the journey and the experiences. It is seen in this energy of awe and wonder, compassion, love, and like huge value. But the human experience of that though is very challenging. And so they are different. And I know often spirit will ask uh, people that have recently passed over their perspectives of earth because they were just on earth. And I also had one time a spirit guide of mine who I knew in life who crossed over. Uh, they, I heard them one time kind of arguing with my other guides, not so much arguing, but stating a point of saying to them, they're like, we need to tell her about this thing because it will do her more good to know than not to know. And so there was a time in which that guide then came in and explained a couple things to me because they knew the toll it would take of not knowing and the toll that that would take on my human body and my human mind because they had experienced life with me in human form. 
So they became a really good correspondent for the humanity aspect of our journey for my spirit guides. And so I say that because when you are that personal correspondent to your spirit guides, it gives them information of how you're dealing. It's not just them observing. It's like we could observe someone's story and see, you know, maybe they seem malnourished and maybe they seem this and we can make judgments and stuff like that. But until we actually have the conversation with them is like, why, what is your experience? What's happening to you? Oh, you're malnourished, but you are eating. You're eating a lot of food. Are you taking vitamins or you're not taking vitamins? Oh, vitamins might be a critical piece. Maybe you're not absorbing this nutrient because you're lacking this piece, right? Like I use it as an example. When we give feedback, our guides have a better sense of how to guide us and direct us. So now what I've done since that time with that guide, I will have a conversation as clearly as I'm having this conversation on the podcast now with you. I will have a conversation with my guides and say, listen, I understand that you are withholding information or there's a lesson I'm learning here. However, this is starting to take a toll on me in this way or whatever. This is what I'm experiencing. This is where I'm finding it very frustrating. I'm learning this. I'm stuck here. Based on that information, is there anything else you can provide? And sometimes they'll come back with clearer information. Other times they may not. And so I know that expressing for myself my need in that situation not only helps me to kind of not feel bitter or frustrated, but it allows my voice to be heard in the, uh, in the bond, in the co-creation. And I've known that that has actually been really fruitful in things that have unfolded. So all of this to say, value your voice in your connection with your spirit guides. Thank them for when they do something amazing, when they bring through clarity of messages. Tell them how good it makes you feel. Tell them how much you appreciate when they add clarity, how it gives you that confidence to move forward. And also tell them when you feel you're lacking, where you feel you're lacking, what you feel could help in clarity. And in that, we can feel safe to express our anger as well. Spirit doesn't judge our anger. But if all we do is lash out at them in anger, we're then not in a point of co-creating. Oftentimes we can get into a point of blaming, and I, and I understand that too. But we really want to be thoughtful in how we're communicating that. Do so respectfully. And when we do, there's a beautiful co-creation that can happen with our spirit guides. So all of that to say, I encourage all of you to open up your connection to your spirit guides, whether you can see them or not, whether you hear them, feel them or not, they are around in some form. Ask them to come in with some signs or symbols or sensations when they're near. Maybe you will know your spirit guides are near when you see 444 many times over. Maybe you know they're near because you feel a presence on the left side of your face, or you feel a hand on your right shoulder. Maybe your eye twitches. Maybe you know they're near when you smell the smell of roses out of nowhere, or you feel a certain sensation. Maybe you see an orb out of the corner of your eye. Whatever it is for you, start to notice the pattern because patterns in communication with spirit helps to build your language with your spirit guides. And everybody's language is different. Like for example, if I see a number five from my guides, I know that they're telling me something is changing. It's not about uh, look out for five things or something like that. When I see a five, I know now from the patterns before, five means something's changing. Okay, cool. 
And we'll move forward from that. So be willing to create those patterns, notice those patterns, write them down if you can, log them somewhere because then you're creating your own like glossary, your own dictionary, your own language, and it's written down. So you can refer back to, oh yeah, what did rainbows mean for me? Oh yeah, the last several times it's been when this and this happened. Okay, rainbows mean that, right? Write it down, communicate what you think and feel, thank them for the good things, try and give them guidance on things that you need as well, And then open up to that communication, meet them on that mountaintop or that beachfront or in the cosmos or simply with the intention of that space. If you have a hard time visualizing, your intention alone of reaching that 5D sacred space can really help you open up to those connections and communications. This year is a year, a number eight year of abundance, abundance in whatever it is you're wanting to create but that's also an abundance of communication. And the spirit world really wants to help you stay on track, help you be in your alignment more than I can express. And so I really hope that this episode helps you open up to the ways in which that can show itself for you, but also give you some tools of how you can make that happen. So I will leave that with all of you for now. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please please do share it, Uh, rate the podcast as well, subscribe and share it. If there's someone that would really benefit from this information, because this is such a magnificent year of change and growth, like blossoming type growth that I think the more information we can share to give people tools is just such a beautiful thing. So thank you again so much as always. And I hope you guys have beautiful rest of your week.